I'm Lindsay Berra, and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. This is part one of our conversation with free agent NFL fullback Michael Burton. The New Jersey native and former Rutgers Scarlet Knight has played with five teams in his seven-year NFL career. Most recently, he helped the Kansas City Chiefs to a 12-5 record and the AFC Championship game. The six-foot Burton graduated high school at 195 pounds, but through a meticulous devotion to his nutrition and training, has gained and maintained nearly 50 pounds of lean muscle to play in the NFL without sacrificing speed or mobility. Now at 243 pounds, he's both strong and quick and is able to run with power, catch passes, and do all the blocking his position requires. Burton also turned 30 this offseason, and he's learning to prioritize warm-ups and recoveries to maximize his performance. Hi, Lindsay. Hey there. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. Where are you? You're from New Jersey, but are you in New Jersey? No, I'm from New Jersey. I live in Maryland now, though. Gotcha. I am from New Jersey, and I still live here. (laughs) Okay. Where do you live in Jersey? I live right on the Montclair-Clifton border now, uh, right by Montclair State, but I grew up in Livingston. Yeah. Um, okay. You grew up in Long Valley, right? I grew up in Long Valley. Yeah. Morris County, but we grew up playing Livingston in sports and, and all yes. that kind of stuff. So pretty familiar with that area. Long Valley yeah. was like, if I recall correctly, was like the longest bus ride we yes. had. Middle of nowhere, <laughs> Northwest. Yeah. It's, it's a solid 45 hour away from Livingston for sure. Yeah. So. But I definitely remember it. And, and, you know, it's like you fall asleep on the bus and you're like, oh, that's yeah. the longest trip ever. Yeah, Good God. Yeah, um, but you're the high school. I don't, it was funny. It was more in um, middle school and stuff that I remember going out there though. Cause West Morris, I think is in a different group than us in the state. Yes, we are now. Yeah. Like you said, just some regular season play. Uh, we played you guys, but when the playoffs came around, we didn't play you guys. I think you guys, you had more, I think you were a bigger school, maybe group four. Yes, I think, and yeah, four. and we were only like group three, so we never really faced you guys in the playoffs or any championship games. So I wouldn't have seen you anyway because you are much younger than I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I know you were a, a star football player, running back, linebacker in high school, but did you play other sports in high school as well? I played lacrosse my first three years. Uh, did not play my senior year. Focused on football at that point in that spring leading into my freshman year of college because um, I had to start summer school when we went to Rutgers. All the incoming freshmen did, and we were starting in June, so I just kind of wanted to train, you know, April, May, June up until that point. So mainly football, but I did play lacrosse for my first three years. Did you do other sports as a kid? Uh, yeah, I played all sports as a kid. Growing up, I did everything, and that's some when people ask me. Like what I would recommend for parents ask me for their kids, I would say play them all. You know, each sport can help you improve skills, whether it be physical, mental, um, you know, teamwork, all those sorts of things. So I grew up playing them all, but I just found a love for football. I think it's the idea of so many different types of people getting together uh, to achieve one common goal, especially you find that out in college and, and NFL now is that so many people come from different walks of life, but we're all trying to attain this common goal and we all have to work together and there's a lot of teamwork involved. So just kind of fell in love with that side of football and the physical side of it as well. So I kind of just stuck with that throughout my whole you know young life into high school and college. So. Did you play any individual sports when you were a kid? I did not. And that's one thing I wish I did. My brother and dad were big tennis players. That's something I kind of wish I did. And I'm getting into golf slowly now. And that's something I wish I had maybe picked up when I was a little bit younger as well. And maybe wrestling too. Uh, 
did not do that either. So, cause I growing up in the winter, I played basketball. So I just, I wasn't really able to do both. So. How, how many siblings do you have? I have an older brother, older sister, and a younger sister. And are so. they all athletic? They all played sports in high school. Uh, my sister went on to play at Johns Hopkins. She was an All-American basketball player there. Oh, my brother was All-State and Morris County Player of the Year in high school for basketball, but did not play. He went to Maryland, did not play in college. And then my sister played the cross in uh, college at Catholic University down in D.C. So oh. all played sports at, at the high school level. And, and a few of us uh, played at the collegiate level as well. I have a bunch of cousins who went to Catholic University. That's a okay. nice school, yeah. Yeah, really nice school. And I'm in Maryland now, so I'm only, she still lives in D.C. and I'm only 45 minutes, 50 minutes from her. So it works out pretty well. Do you still yeah. dabble? I mean, I used to, you're just starting to get into golf and I just yeah. got into it like four, oh, did four years ago too. And I would yeah. just say, run, run the other way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the most infuriating thing in the world. Oh, I, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's tough. Are there I still mean, dabbling in any of those others? Do you still shoot hoops with your Oh, yeah. Or- I'll still shoot hoops. I'll play pickup in the off season. Nothing too crazy. You know, don't want to put myself at, at the risk of injury or anything like that. So I like the golf side of it. It's very, not very physically taxing. It's very frustrating, but it's also a decent workout, especially if you walk to holes. So I would say golf is probably my most popular off season sport. But if they want to play tennis or shoot hoops or throw the football around, do that kind of stuff, I'm all game for that for sure. So what's your, what's your handicap? Oh, I'm not even there yet. When I say I just started, it's been a couple, few years ago I started, but I can only play really in the off season. It's maybe three, four rounds a year. So I just try to break triple digits, uh, not lose 15 balls and have a good time. So I'm not quite there yet with with the handicap. I I always tell people that a lot of people play golf and I play this other game that's called hit the ball and follow it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Totally different. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's fun though. I got a couple of buddies who are super good and competitive. So I like going out with them, but I'm just not there yet. And I just can't invest the time. It's very time consuming if you want to Mm -hmm. do be well right like I'm sure you got fitted for clubs like i still have to do that kind of stuff so i'm out there just playing with a makeshift bag of clubs so when i really dive into it and get into it i'll do the right follow steps while i get lessons clubs and all those such things and, and then hopefully from there uh, i get a little yeah. better i got clubs but yeah. i firmly believe it ain't the arrow it's the indian <laughs> yeah i got you clubs okay i got look you. in the mirror yeah okay. right right yeah exactly <laughs> okay. yep i got you so i usually start these podcasts off with questions about workouts because I'm a workout junkie, but I read yeah. something in an old NJ.com story about you that I was so amazed by. And I want to start with the nutrition side at this time around. So yeah. you're listed on like, you know, NFL pages as six foot, 243 pounds. Is that yeah. right right now? That, yes, that's accurate. Yep. Mm-hmm. So in this story that I read from your Rutgers days, it said you were 195 pounds when you arrived and you redshirted a year and hit 230 by the time you became a regular. And then by senior year, you were trying so hard to hit 250 pounds for your pro day that you were setting the alarm every three hours so you could drink a protein shake and go back to sleep. Yes. Is all it, So you went from 195 to 250 at the end of your college career? Yes, that is accurate. Yes. How? That is how? so that is a lot of weight and and I like know. I want to hear how you did it in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Yeah, so I graduated in high school around 195, uh, like you said, and they wanted me to play fullback, which is, you know, a little bit more blocking involved than running back. That's what I played in my high school career and I knew I needed to gain some weight, right? And I'm sure you know this, but if you try to do it too fast, it's going to end up being bad weight, right? It's a very slow, consistent kind of time consuming effort in order to put on weight and put it on accurately. Right. So 
it was a little bit easier going to Rutgers just because we had all the resources, you know, I had the resources there. I just had to use them properly. So my goal was just, it wasn't necessarily just an amount of weight, like each year, it was just, okay, put on a couple pounds, see how I react, right? Does my speed change? Does my strengths, like how my joints, how am I feeling physically, right? Cause I wasn't going to gain all this weight if I wasn't going to help me on the field. So it was just like five, six, seven pounds, like kind of per year. And I just did it slow over time, you know, eating the right things, working out properly, getting advice from my nutritionist, from my strength coach, you know, using all the resources that I had available to me. And that kind of brought me to the end of my college career. So like 195, then I kind of graduated between 230 and 235. And that's the way that I kind of felt comfortable at. And then when I got to the NFL or I was training for the combine, you know, I got some advice some, from some players who had been there before, some coaches some trainers who had trained NFL athletes. And they were like, look, at the position you play, we might want to see some more size. And in order to put that on, they also, they want to see if you can maintain your speed, your athleticism, your change of direction and those types of things. So that whole process, when I graduated, our, I think our bowl game ended in like December. And now you're referring to what you're talking about, the protein shakes at night. I, I had a small window, right? The NFL combine was maybe the end of February. So I had December, January, February to kind of put on that weight. Now, when I was at the combine, I was like 245. My pro day was when I was 250. And that wasn't until February, March. That was like middle to end of March. So I had from like December to March to really put on that weight. And that's what it was. It was just putting in as many clean calories as I could throughout the day. And I needed protein shakes, right? I couldn't eat all those calories because I just wouldn't be able to digest them. I'd just be full and bloated all the time. So it was shakes and I didn't want to go. I can get into this too about sleep and how important that is. You know, I was trying to sleep. I was trying to sleep nine, 10 hours a night still do to this day. So I didn't want to go 10 hours without sleeping or 10 hours without eating. So that's where the protein shakes came into play. I would eat a big meal before bed, set my alarm at 3am, have protein shake right on my nightstand, drink my protein shake, go back to sleep, wake up, protein shake breakfast. And I just continued that for three months. And I was able to get to my weight and it was good to get there. And I felt good, but it was, that was just kind of to get that number. Not something I would maybe recommend um, <laughs> to people that don't need to do that. I kind of leaned out from now, now I'm about 243. So that was what, 2015. So eight years ago or so that's kind of, I've only dropped about seven, but I just changed my body composition and kind of what I look like. So yeah, that, that's all true. And it, it was just constantly eating a lot of food, the right food and just adding in those extra shakes with those extra calories uh, was very important. And um, I would say I did it under supervision though of a nutritionist to make sure I was feeling okay. I wasn't having any gut problems and issues and stuff like that, any digestive issues. And I was able to, I felt good without it or felt good doing it. So I was able to hit that number, but uh, yeah. So, so in college, you're saying you're put on like five, six, seven pounds yeah. a year and you're, you're probably on like a real good lifting program for the, yeah. for the first time. I mean, I mean, high school mm -hmm. is one thing, but you know, yeah. you're kind of getting into your own in college. Yeah. Right. So as you're gaining that weight, I assume that you're coupling this with a lot heavier lifts, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's and right. then those are things that can sort of you know, tighten you up, you're heavy. How did you maintain the speed you needed on the football field while you're yeah. getting all that weight? The big reason why I alluded to before was doing it slowly, right? So what is it pound, two pounds, like every couple of weeks. And then I'm doing speed training throughout the entire off season, winter and in summer. And plus we have spring ball in college too. So I was actually able to see how this weight affected me with pads on running around, doing my football thing, like do my football movements that I'm going to do in a game. So I would put it on Maybe say it was two, three pounds. Okay. 
then I would kind of level out and I would just say, how does my body feel? How do my joints feeling? Like, how's my conditioning? How's my wind? And still sprinting and doing those things to see how I could see how I felt. Right. And if I didn't feel good or I felt slow or I didn't feel explosive, then I would just either slow that down even further meaning like maybe it was a pound every two, three weeks, as opposed to two pounds every you know week or two. Right. So then I did that, but if I felt good, I just kind of kept going. And at young age, I was recovering faster and better than I do now as I got older. So, you know, I was working out two, sometimes three times a day just to put on more muscle. And then that enabled me to then eat more and more protein shakes and things like that. So you just have to be very detailed, right? You have to just listen to your body and that's what I did at a, at a young age. And, you know, I made sure that was my main focus, right? Like I didn't drink or do any of those types of things. Like I, I really took care of my body and made sure that this is what I wanted to do. And I knew this is the way I need to gain and, but I need to keep my speed athleticism. So everything was kind of geared towards those things. It couldn't have been very easy in college when everyone was eating Doritos and cheeseburgers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Right. You know, there's so much available to you in college. You go to the um, dining halls, there's just all different types of food all over the place. You know, luckily towards the end of my career, we had food at our facility that was managed and, and looked at after our nutritionist. So it was very, very good, healthy food, you know, and you could take it to go and stuff like that. So again, like I said before, we had the resources. You just had to be the type of person to use those resources. If you didn't, you probably weren't going to get the benefits that you wanted. Luckily I had those resources and, you know, I used them throughout my college career. Some guys find that putting on muscle weight, once you get the weight moving, you're actually faster. Did you yes. find that? Did your speed increase? Yeah. So the stronger I got my posterior chain, the faster I got. My squat went up, my hamstrings were stronger, lower back was stronger. I was able to lift more. And I think that resulted in me just being a more powerful, more explosive athlete. So I'm all for trying to gain muscle as much as possible or trying to be as lean as possible too, Like, which is what I'm trying to do right now. I feel like I'm kind of at my strength gains that I am in the weight room. I'm okay with my weight room numbers. And now it's just kind of leaning out and, and giving my joints to rest and all that kind of stuff as I get older. But how hard, I mean, not that you're short, you're six feet tall, but yeah. you're not like six, six. No. How hard do you have to work to maintain that 243? Like if you slack off, do you drop weight? I will. I, my natural body weight is not 243, 245. It's not, I mean, look, my it's dad, probably 200, 200. My dad's 185. My brother's one. 85. So like in our family, it, there isn't somebody who they, even their parents were thin and skinny, long limbed. They're a little bit taller than me. So I was kind of that outlier with my size and you know girth, I guess you want to call it. So yeah, if I go a few days a week without eating my normal routine, you know, I could, I could lose two, three pounds for sure. Um, yeah. so yeah. Do you drop during the season? I don't, I try to drop a little bit going into training camp, believe it or not, just because all the running that we're going to be doing. And then we're not lifting as much. So that itself, like you lose a little bit of weight in training camp. But as the season rolls around, again, there's just so much access to food and nutrition. And I can, believe it or not, lift more during the season than I do during training camp, just because the schedules are different. So I usually drop a little bit going in, knowing that I'm going to, and then I'm able to gain a little bit slash just maintain, you know, throughout the season. So. Are you basically doing this in the same way you did it in college or have you learned something over the last decade that's kind of changed the way you maintain um, it? I feel pretty, yeah, I'm the same method that I kind of used in college is what I'm using now. I mean, I feel good. I'm not really on a plan of losing weight right now or gaining weight. I'm just maintaining. I feel good in that 243 to 245 range. Now I can go up if I need to or lower if I need to, but 
I just feel my body feels good. And I think, I think it's adjusted to that weight, just having done this. And for so long, it's been probably going on year three ish year four. So I've been in that like 240 ish, 243 ish range. So now it's just, you know, maintaining and trying to get even leaner, you know, getting body fat down as, as much as possible. That's something I'm always trying to do. But again, that's tough for me just because if I don't eat enough or eat like super clean, like I'll end up just losing weight and not, and losing some muscle too. So it's just a balance I got to find that. Uh, and I don't think genetically I'm a lean person to begin with. So that's why diet and working out is so important to me just because I have to do that. There's some guys that are just genetically, they can eat whatever they want. They don't have to lift and they're still going to be shredded six pack the whole nine, but that's just not me. So I just have to be very detailed and focus in on what I'm eating and, and my workouts and stuff. So you love those people. They're like, yeah, I eat a pizza every day. <laughs> oh my God. Here's my yeah. pack. <laughs> yeah. When I got to, I got to college, my, I got to college as a freshman, my roommate who's a senior is just absolutely probably 235, 240, single digit body fat, probably three, 4%, just absolutely shredded, shredded. I go, what, what, what do you eat? The secret peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm <laughs> like, maybe for you, but not for me, because that's way too many calories for me, man. I can't be doing that. And he would just pound them like before bed. I'm like, geez, like it's working for him, but uh, it's not working for me. Yeah. So there's people like that, that just kind of get away with eating how they want to, but I'm not one of those people. So, so what, what does a full day of eating look like for you? Yeah. So, so right now I pretty much eat a lot of the same foods, just trying to keep it consistent. I know what my body reacts well to. I know that if I kind of get off that, I feel like I'm inflamed a little bit. My joint still feels good. So right now I'm just, I eat eggs every morning with veggies, oatmeal, chia seeds, flax seeds, coconut, like coconut flakes in there little gluten-free granola, little peanut butter, almond butter. So that's kind of been my breakfast right now and all my vitamins. I, I do that all in the morning. And then I'll, typically I'll go work out. Then when I get home, protein shake. And then I kind of just switch off between ground turkey, lean ground beef, fish, chicken, and just kind of rotate those either for lunch and dinner. And then again, veggies at every single meal. Carbs would be sweet potatoes, brown rice, beans, quinoa, things like that. So I just kind of rotate between those foods and, and, and try to have a general, you know, good, healthy, well-balanced diet, whole foods, foods that I can pick or pull, you know, things like that. And um, my snacks will typically be nuts, mixed nuts, throw them in some almond yogurt. Um, again, maybe some blueberries in there, chia seeds, flax seeds, things like that. So I try to keep it simple. And I just try to eat foods that I know make me feel good and, and are not really anti-inflammatory and just kind of help with the recovery process. Because like I said before, as you get older, you got to put more of an emphasis on your diet, right? Just because I don't recover like I used to. So I just want to make sure I'm doing everything possible uh, to be able to recover and then work out just as hard that next day. You know, and I think nutrition and sleep are two of the biggest things, if not the biggest things for that. So you, are you avoiding dairy? I do avoid that dairy. Yogurt. Yeah. I do. I do avoid dairy. Uh, well, besides my whey protein shake that I do, oh. that is dairy, but I won't sit down and have a glass of milk or use that. If I make it, you know, mix a shake, I'll use almond milk or, or things like that. But, uh, I just try to avoid it. Not for any particular reason. I mean, my wife, she avoided it. Like she started doing that like a couple of years ago and just kind of help out and not have it really in the house for her is when I started doing it and I kind of liked it and I saw some good effects from it. So I stay clear of that now. What goes in your protein shake? 
So the protein shake will be whey protein, collagen, creatine, kale, spinach, blueberries, almond butter, peanut butter, flax, uh, chia, and ice almond milk. Okay. That's a big one. That's a bunch of calories too. So you eat yeah. that and then you wait a little while and you have your lunch. Yeah. Then I have my meal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then I'll probably have like a third mealish in there, like a couple hours after that. And then I'll have dinner like a couple hours after that. So I actually, I do more four main meals. I try not to snack at all. I like to get all my calories and nutrients from like four solid meals, like a breakfast, early lunch, late lunch, and a dinner. Um, and then the shake, the shake in between breakfast yeah, shake. and early lunch. Yeah, exactly. Like after my post-workout shake, something like that. And then if I'm feeling hungry or again, if I need to, for whatever reason, the scale is a little light that week, add a protein shake at night or add a protein shake during the day, maybe add a few more snacks, like a few more nuts and, and yogurt or another meal or something like that. But I think the most important thing is just having them be like whole foods. Like I try to eat all organic. I do eat all organic, at least when it comes to my meat for sure, as well as produce and, and all those types of things too. So I think, you know, I don't have all the answers, uh, but I definitely feel good when I eat like that and I eat whole foods and kind of stay away from all the processed stuff, all the snacks and, and all that kind of stuff, all the sweet sugars, all that I try to stay clear from. Does your wife eat? I'm sure she's not eating five meals a no, day. Are you no, are you cooking not. these for yourself or how does that work? Yeah, so I usually meal prep on Sundays. Uh, so I have everything cooked out on Sundays just so I can heat it up throughout the week. Uh, we have a daughter who's one, so and my wife works part-time. So I think she get a little hectic during the week between my workouts, her going to work, her going to the gym, you know, watching my daughter and things like that. So I like to meal prep, have everything cooked and ready to roll for me on Sunday and then just be able to heat it up at a you know, takes a minute or so, so I can just have access to it more quickly. So I'm not spending time during the week cooking. So off season, you're eating the eggs and the oatmeal and stuff before you go to the gym. Do you have a favorite pregame meal in season? That's my same pregame meal in season. You'll see it's, it's, I try to keep it as consistent as possible. And that's the same thing I've eaten the past, this whole past season. I woke up, had the same thing. It was eggs, spinach in there, peppers, onions, and then, uh, had all my oatmeal with all the things I listed before. And I just ate that uh, on game day. So, And then what, what do you do like right before the game? Like if your game is at, at, you know, nighttime or. Well, if we have a night game, so I'll eat breakfast, go back, try to get off my feet, study a little bit, get on my normal tech boots, rest, recover, come back down, have lunch. So that'd be rice. Typically it's been rice, two pieces of grilled chicken and a little bit of broccoli sometimes. And then back up to my room, come back down, and then same thing, maybe this time have a sweet potato with, you know, a piece of fish, salmon, something like that. So again, try to keep that same routine of like whole meals and not really snacking too much. So, and then I just try to pack myself with good nutritional food that's going to give me that energy I need throughout the game. But I don't eat a ton either on game day. Like I can go my last meal. I actually like to feel a little bit lighter and like not feel like I'm digesting like a big meal before I'm going to play. So if our game's at 7.15, I get over there three hours before. So I get there at 4.15. I have to leave at 3.45 to get over there from our team hotel. This is so 3.45. So I'll eat my last meal around like three o'clock and they get my car and go over. So I can, and you know, the game, so what's say the game's three hours, 10.15. So my last meal, I'm not eating between, you know, 3.30 and 10.15, something like that. So my body got kind of accustomed to that over the season, just had playing this for a while. So yeah, that's kind of my daily Sunday routine. Or what do you eat post game? 
Post game, that depends. Uh, typically, depends what they have after the game. They always have food for us. If it's something decent, I'll take that and eat it. If not, typically have family in town. We'll go out to eat. You know, not as specific. That can differ depending on what kind of the plans are after the game. Like I can take food if I got to dinner, or if it's just my wife and I will go home and do takeout or something like that. Um, yeah, or, yeah. So you're talking about not eating a lot of sweets and stuff, and you're eating pretty mm-hmm. clean. Do you have a favorite cheat meal? Oh man, I like pizza and wing, like buffalo wings. So if I'm gonna like cheat, I would probably go that route. But sweet wise, I'm not a really huge sweet guy to begin with. But you know, I'm more so if I'm gonna cheat, like I'm gonna try to again try to eat like some like I'd eat like a whole pie pizza or something versus like <laughs> versus like going to eat like candy or something like that. I don't know. That's just yeah, yeah. kind of yeah, you know what I mean. So that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> so. So your season ended January 30th. That's about yeah. three weeks ago now. How much time did you take off? So I took off. So my younger son. Wait, wait. Oh, let's play this out. Wait a minute. You also turned 30 on February yes, 1st. That is correct. Welcome is correct. to the old people realm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So my younger career, I would take like a week off and I'm hitting it, getting it. Now I'm taking, I give myself three weeks, 21 days. Uh, I took off from February 1st, to February 21st, started back actually this past Monday. So I did my second workout of all season training program this morning. You did so, nothing for 21 days. Not nothing. I actively, I said active recovery. I walked, uh, did a few hikes, but in terms of going to the gym, no, did not. I said no weights, not even any cardio equipment, just walking. And that's it. I took a week off, no supplements, did eight days. I lasted eight days, surprising. Eight days, no coffee. I like to give myself a little break from all the caffeine I drink too during the season. So I gave myself eight days, kind of like a little cleanse of caffeine. So I did eight days of that, no supplements, just a lot of hydration, try to keep my normal diet. Probably wasn't eating as much as I wasn't burning as many calories. So I didn't really need to, but yeah, it didn't really just gave my joints and body rest after, after a long season, you know, added an extra week in the NFL season, plus week three preseason games. We also made obviously went to the AFC championship. So we played uh, quite a few games this year. Why no supplements? Just keep myself. I didn't, you know, wasn't lifting. So I stayed away from the creatine, the whey protein didn't really think I needed it. BCAs, those types of things. I mean, I just, I wasn't training, so I just didn't need them. And I was on them for, you know, since summerish, you know, so six, eight months. So just figured, yeah. you know, just give yourself a little break and then just start back up slowly when I get back into it. So you've just started back in the gym. You're a fullback. That means you're running with power, catching yeah. passes, blocking mm-hmm. like crazy. That's a lot of different things that you have to train for. Yeah. What kinds of workouts are you doing to build the strength, power, agility, yeah. et cetera, yeah. to handle all of that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm more of the like stick to the basics. I think nowadays, and this is diet too, especially, but also in the workout world, everybody's looking for like a quick fix, right? Everybody's looking for the next best diet fad that's going to get me skinny, blah, blah, blah. Same with the workout world. There's so much fluff. You, you go anywhere, you just see guys doing all these types of crazy things that just don't translate to the field. I want to get strong. Like I'm going to squat. I'm going to power clean. I'm going to deadlift. Like I'm going to bench. You know, those are things that I'm just going to be really good at. And I think just, you know, those are the exercises that I think uh, translate most to the field, you know, and then in terms of like keeping my speed, and all that, like a hammer speed work, change of direction, all those types of things. I mean, the NFL, the way the game's moved, it is such a, 
it's a game that you have to be able to play in space. You have to be able to run. You have to be able to play like break down and, and change direction, those types of things. So I'm doing a lot of field work and I'm doing football drills. And I think those have been very beneficial to me. So I do specific speed training, but I do a lot of fundamental work. So I do things that are going to, like I'm running through routes that I'm going to run in the game, or I'm going through special team reps that I'm going to run in the game as best I can. Obviously it's a little bit different when it's just myself, but I think those toppled with, like I said before, you know, the Olympic lifting, the squatting and those types of things. I think those two are the best. And I've just found, I feel the best after doing those. And I try to keep it simple and I just try to be really good at, you know, those types of things. How do you group that in your workout? Are you doing like, I'm going to lift first and then I'm going to go do my agility like a few minutes after you do them on different days. How do you do it? I do my speed first thing in the morning and then I, I hit the weight. So if I'm going to the gym and I have like a lower body acceleration day, I'm doing all my speed work and then I'm doing my lower body lift the next day, change the direction, my upper body lift. My third day is like my active recovery day, fundamental day. So early on in the, in the off season, like right now, my Active recovery day will be, I'll get on a salt bike or I'll get on the treadmill or something like that, that third day after my two lifts are over, then I'll take off that fourth day. But as I progress in the off season, I get closer and closer to say OTAs, training camp, things like that. That third day becomes heavy, like fundamentals, heavy. Okay. I got a ball in my hand. I'm doing running back drills and doing fullback drills and doing special team drills. I'm, I'm running routes. I'm catching balls by a receiver. You know, I'm doing all the, all those types of things. So we're a little ways away ish from getting on the field and doing things. It won't be till May. So I'm still kind of just building that work capacity back up. But as soon as like mid March, early April hits, I'm going straight to the field and I'm, I'm doing football stuff. And I just think it's the repetitions. I think they lead over into OTAs and those reps lead to training camp and training camp. Those reps lead to the season. And I felt like I have been able to fall back on those reps, like in times during games, like, Hey, you spent two months doing this, like, you know how to do it, like, just go do it type of thing. And it was because I was doing football specific drills. I'm just a big believer in doing things that translate to the game. That makes yeah. sense. So you, you keep that three day on one day off schedule. Yes. So yeah, yeah, that'll be no matter where I'm at in my offseason program, whatever phase I'm three on one off. So my off day changes like every week. And what do you do on the off day? The off day, I typically take completely off, but that will be early in the phase, but as I get closer, like I said, to OTA strength and like that, that would be like my recovery day. So I'll get a massage, dry needling, acupuncture, those types of things on those days. You head from the off season into the in season, the, the schedule changes a little bit, but you said you think you're actually more able to lift during the season. Yes, because training camp is just, that is the one time, right? We go away for training camp. Oh, ca camp, though. But oh, off, camp. Season, off season, oh, you can oh, lift, season. and in season, you can lift, but camp yeah. is where you can't. I get it. Okay. Yeah, not not that we can't. We still lift, but, you know, there's just not enough time. Like, there's, we have time, and we do lift, but the days are so long. We have meetings, practice, and you, we're allotted so much off time, right? Like, it could be we're in there 30, 45 minutes, and we got to get to our next thing. So maybe we're just doing our lower body lifts, or, you know, could be three, four, or five exercises, same with upper body. So... And like, you don't really focusing on specific speed work because you're sprinting all morning at practice after two and a half, three hour full padded practice in the heat. So we're still lifting. I just, their body's not as recovered as it would be, say, during the off-season program or even during the season. So this concludes part one of our conversation with Michael Burton. Be sure to check out part two and to follow Michael on both Instagram and Twitter at at Mike Burton FB. 
Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at at foodofthegodspod or email us at foodofthegodspodcast at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant Podcast production. Mm-hmm.